The following program is brought to you by the Christmas City Gift Show. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my freedom-loving friends. It is so good to be with you. And when I call you a freedom-loving friend, it's about us enjoying the freedom that we have not only here in this country, but the most important freedom is the freedom in our life. We have the freedom to choose any direction we want in life. We are not puppets on a string. We have a purpose and we have a plan, but it always comes down to choices, doesn't it? It comes down to choices. So today I want to talk about that. Uh, In fact, the theme of the show is called Follow the Thread. Now, you may not understand what that means, but you will as the show goes on. And it's very important. This is an Easter show. It's not the traditional Easter message you normally hear, but it is about empowerment. It's about you. Have you ever asked yourself, why do I do what I don't want to do? And how come I don't do the things that I want to do? Very real struggle. The other thing, let me ask you, do you sometimes say things? And when you say them, you ask yourself, why did you say that? You knew better not to come out with that smart aleck comment. In other words, friends, until we can really control our temper, control our attitude, control our choices, because it is a choice before we open the mouth, that. It's tough, and we're like the pinball machine. We go from bumper to bumper to bumper, and sometimes we're wore out because we're not following the thread. I want to ask all my golfer friends out there, did you happen to watch the Masters this past weekend? Man, I loved it. I needed this. I needed this for therapy. On Sunday afternoon, I sat in my recliner, And I watched this beautiful scenery of Augusta and the return of Tiger Woods. Tiger is an example to those of us who have been down, but with determination. And that's really what it takes, determination. We get to enjoy the victory of a comeback. That's the victory, not so much the prize, the comeback. Because we have that attitude just like Tiger. Never, never, never quit. It seemed like for a minute I was I was transported back in time when people were actually getting along and people were happy and smiling. And then I heard the voice inside of me said, Ron, it's time. And I said, what's well, it's time for what? It's time for people to laugh again. It's time for people to smile again. And I want you to share that message that's in your heart called follow the thread. I thought, wow. It is a good message, and it would tie in with Easter. But to set up the message, I need to ask you this, and it ties into what I just talked about with Tiger Woods. I remember years ago, I watched, um, well, I don't know if I watched it. Maybe I saw a clip of the Johnny Carson show, and Tiger was just a youngster. I mean, very young. His father had taken him on the show and showed a video clip of Tiger hitting the ball a long ways. As a child, Tiger had a dream. He was going to pursue that dream. As we know today, he has done very well, one of the best golfers in the entire world. Now, what about you? 
What was life like as a child? Were you encouraged to go into your dreams? Were you encouraged to become everything that you wanted to be? Or were you encouraged to seek a career that gave you the most income or the best time for advancement? I think all the answers are are right. I mean, there's no wrong answer. But what I've discovered over time, and I've tried to pass on to my children, is that we have to be faithful to the call that's in our life. In other words, God has given you and I gifts, talents, and skills, and they're good ones. They're very good. There's something unique to each of us that we have something that nobody else in the entire world has. And I believe we each have a responsibility to develop those gifts to our God-given potential and then share those gifts, not only in our workplace, in our family, in our community, but also with the world. Because you see the chaos going on. Now, is the chaos going on because of a certain political party? Some people would say yes. Or is it because people have become complacent, apathetic, We want everybody else to do the work for us, and we don't pursue the things that we know we should do. goes back to the question, do you do the things that you don't want to do and don't do the things that you want to do? Again, that battle begins in the mind, but we need to learn to follow the thread. Today, who or what are you following? Is it money, love, a celebrity? Maybe an adventure. Have you put your plans on hold because you're just having too much fun following the crowd? That was my problem early in life. I loved following the crowd because the crowd gave me security. They were my own kind of peeps. We were crazy misfits, but we belonged together. We encouraged each other. And I fortunately was the life of the party because I was the clown. I would be the one that would do the crazy things to get attention and make people laugh. But there came a time in life that I knew that if I was going to get serious about my life and my destiny, that I had to begin following the thread. I loved my friends. I did not want to drop them, but I prayed about it. And it's it's really weird how God just works out things. It just seemed like everybody just started kind of doing their own thing. And then when you, here's what will happen. Say you've got a lot of close friends and you say, well, Ron, I, I really can't do that. I know I need to probably do things more on my own and more of my decision, but my friends are my friends. And I understand that and I respect that. But this is the cool thing that happens. As you begin really following the thread and doing the things that God has called you to do and just becoming the best you you can possibly be, it just has a way of taking care of itself. You can't worry about what the outcome may be if you do a certain thing. You just have to be faithful to be the best you can possibly be. That's for your sanity. That's for your peace. That's for your joy. That's for your direction. Again, as I said earlier, I want to see people laugh again. uh, People smile again. That's where the creativity juices flow out of us and the new ideas and the new solutions to the problems that are in this world. See, we have the solutions, but so many times we are 
talking about the problem so often that we never concentrate on the solution. God has given you and I the answers. It's called us becoming the hands and feet of Jesus. When we follow the thread, then our life takes on a whole new purpose and meaning. And the most important thing, I know because it happened to me. It's fun. It's fun. You enjoy getting up. You enjoy going to bed. You enjoy doing everything because you know that you're doing everything you can according to what the gifts and calls are in your life. Do you remember this song? This song was part of the turning point in my life. Even though I had heard it a hundred times, for some reason, the day I heard this line, every time I look in the mirror, all these lines on my face getting clearer. The past is gone. It was like a light bulb. That biological clock inside of me, the alarm was just sounding so loud that said, Life is short. You don't know how long you're going to be on this earth, Ron. It's time to get about my business. It's time to follow the thread. I said, wow. And that's when I started making the changes in my life. And that was about 22 years ago. So what is this following the thread? I've teased you enough. I heard a message over a week ago, follow the thread by Dr. Tim Keller. I have not been able to stop thinking about that. And so now I want Hannah, my narrator, to share that is the genesis for today's message. Following the thread. About 150 years ago, George MacDonald wrote a children's book called The Princess and the Goblin. Irene, the protagonist, is eight years old. She has found an attic room in her house, and every so often her fairy grandmother appears there. When Irene goes and looks for her, she's often not there. So one day, her grandmother gives her a ring with a thread tied to it, leading to a little ball of thread. She explains that she will keep the ball. But I can't see it, says Irene. No, the thread is too fine for you to see. You can only feel it. With this reassurance, Irene tests the thread. Now listen, says the grandmother. If you ever find yourself in danger, you must take off your ring and put it under the pillow of your bed. Then you must lay your forefinger upon the thread and follow the thread wherever it leads you. Oh, how delightful! It will lead me to you, Grandmother. I know it. Yes, said the Grandmother. But remember, it may seem to you a very roundabout way indeed, and you must not doubt the thread. Of one thing you may be sure, that while you hold it, I hold it too. After a few days later, Irene is in bed, and the goblins get into the house. She hears them snarling out in the hallway, but she has the presence of mind to take off her ring and put it under her pillow. And she begins to feel the thread, knowing that it's going to take her to her grandmother and to safety. But to her dismay, it takes her outside, and she realizes that it's taking her right towards the cave of the goblins. Inside the cave, the threads lead her up into a great heap of stones, a dead end. The thought struck her that at least she could follow the thread backwards and thus get out. 
but the instant she tried to feel backwards, it vanished from her touch. The grandmother's thread only worked forward, but forward led it into a heap of stones. Irene burst into a wailing cry, but after crying, she realizes that the only way to follow the thread is to tear down the wall of stones. She begins tearing it down, stone by stone, and though her fingers are soon bleeding, she pulls and pulls. Suddenly, she hears a voice. It's her friend Curdie, who had been trapped in the goblin's cave. Curdie is astounded and asks, Why, however did you come here? Irene replies that her grandmother sent her, and I think that I have found out why. After Irene has followed the thread and removed enough rocks to create an opening, Curdie starts to climb up and out of the cave, but Irene keeps going deeper and deeper into the cave. Curdie objects, Where are you going there? This is the way out, and that's where I couldn't get out. I know that, says Irene, but this is the way that my thread goes, and I must follow it. And indeed, the thread proves trustworthy, because her grandmother is trustworthy. No one ever said that achieving your goals would be a walk in the park. We are never promised the easy way out. In fact, the path of Christianity is narrow, and few will walk it. Faith doesn't make hard things easy. It makes them possible. We don't know how things will play out, and that's the point of faith. When Jesus told the disciples, follow me, they had no idea where he was going. They thought he was going to go from strength to strength to strength. They had no idea what lay ahead. Now imagine this, friend, sitting down with a seven-year-old and saying to her, I'd like for you to write me an essay on what you think it's like to fall in love and be married. When you read the essay, you say it isn't very close to reality. A seven-year-old can't imagine what love and marriage will be like. When you start to follow Jesus, you're just as unaware of your future. You have no idea how far you'll have to go. Jesus says, follow me. I'm going to take you on a journey, and I don't want you to turn to the left or to the right. I want you to put me first. I want you to keep trusting me, to stick with me, not turn back, not give up. Turn to me in all the disappointments and injustices that will happen to you. I'm going to take you places that will make you say, why in the world are you taking me there? Even then, I want you to trust me. The path Jesus takes you on may look like it's taking you to one dead end after another. Nevertheless, the thread does not work in reverse. If you just obey Jesus and follow it forward, it will do its work. Now, MacDonald, the author of The Princess and the Goblin, put it like this in another story. The one secret of life and development is not to devise and plan, but to do every moment's duty aright and let come not what will, for there is no such thing but what the eternal though wills for each of us has intended in each of us from the first. And yet in another, he states, you will be dead. So long as you refuse to die, 
That is, you will be dead so long as you let what remains of the old you pass away. Follow the thread. You say, gee, Ron, that sounds pretty hard. And you're right. How can we possibly follow the thread? It's simple, but so profound. Jesus himself does absolutely everything he's calling us to do. When he called James and John to leave their father in the boat, he had already left his heavenly father's throne. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace. And later, he's going to be ripped from his father's presence on the cross. It's going to look as if your thread is leading you to dead ends, places where you'll be in harm's way, where the only way to follow the thread looks like it could crush you. But don't try to go backward. Don't turn to the left or right. Jesus' kingship will not let you be crushed. He was crushed for you. He followed his thread to the cross so you can follow your thread into his arm. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. When my father-in-law was a boy, he took care of sheep and gave them each a name. And each of them responded when their shepherd called their name. You know, that's what happened to Mary on that first Easter morning. It was a very dark time. I mean, Jesus had transformed her life. She loved and followed him, and then came the cross. Now, three days later, she's gone to his tomb, but the grave's empty. Jesus' body is gone. She's weeping. She sees a man but doesn't recognize him until he says one word, Mary. And in that moment, she knows Jesus is alive. You know, Jesus is still calling people by name in their heart. He called mine one day. The day I realized his death on the cross was for my sins. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. It was like he was calling my name. And he might be calling you today. That tug in your heart is Jesus inviting you to begin a relationship with him. And if you want that, contact us at 888-NEED-HIM or chataboutjesus.com and grab him while he's close. We all need encouragement. Encouragement does one of two things. It either frees us from the trouble we fear or it gives us the strength and courage to meet the trouble when it comes. If you would like to receive a weekly text message of encouragement, simply text the word INSPIRE to 51660. That's INSPIRE to 51660. Our messages will encourage, inspire, and empower you on your journey through life. Life is tough. Be encouraged. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. I do want to say a happy Easter to everyone out there. And I know some of you will go to church and some of you won't go to church. I know growing up in Iowa that it seemed to be Easter and Christmas that our family always went to church. (laughs) Forget those other weeks. We would just do what we needed to do. 
But Easter is so important because I know a lot of people get excited about Christmas, but it really is about Easter because if Christ was never crucified on the cross and buried and then rose from the dead, then Christians, we would have no religion. There would be no Christianity. Christ defeated death so you and I could live in eternity with him. But as we know, there are a lot of people that have nothing to do with Christianity. They think that we are a bunch of fanatics, crazy people. We're not. We just love Jesus. We want to do the things that he called us to do. And maybe you just have not been told the truth about Jesus. Last week, I talked about the five lies that we tell ourselves that stop us from becoming all that God has created us to become. Today, I want to talk about the five truths that we can learn from God's word. Truth number one, you are never alone. You know, it's really easy to listen to the little voices in our head that tell us we're alone in the world. It's easy to believe that we are un- that we are unlovable, but that's not the truth. The Bible says that may the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us. God's been with us for generations. Why would he leave us now? He wouldn't. He will never leave you. Jesus said he will never leave you or forsake you. Truth number two, God made you and already knew your potential. You were created by God for a purpose. He has a plan for your life that is larger than life. It's better than anything you could ever imagine, but it's up to you to pursue that potential. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. My friend, the only way to reach your God-given potential is to listen to God, read his word, and follow the thread. Truth number three, we are anointed by God. Now, what is anointing? We've heard that word before in the Bible, What, what? but what does it mean? Being anointed is the process of being dedicated to the service of God. In the Old Testament, we read about Moses, how, how he anointed the tabernacle to sanctify it. And Jesus, when he rose from the dead and he went up into heaven, he gave us himself because the Bible now says that our body is the temple of the Lord. In other words, when we invite Christ into our heart, that he resides inside of us. That is the Holy Spirit that leads us to truth. That's the small, quiet voice that I hear many times when I'm in prayer or I just need an answer from God. Truth number four, God keeps his promises. Have you ever gone back on a promise? Or have you made a promise you did not intend to keep? Unfortunately, this is the reality of human nature. There is a lot of distrust in the world because humans are untrustworthy creatures. So who can we trust? The answer is found in Psalm 145, 13, where David proclaims the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. 
My friend, not only does he keep his promises, but he does not lie. All his promises are yes and amen. And truth number five, the only way to freedom is through Jesus Christ. How many good things do you have to do for your sins to be forgiven? What is the threshold for good works to become salvation? The answer is the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. There is no amount of good things you can do to get into heaven. It is a gift from God. Jesus said, and this is probably one of the most controversial statements that a Christian can say, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. So either when Jesus said that, he was telling the truth or he was a liar. I believe he was telling the truth. So my trust is in Jesus. So I ask you today on this Easter weekend celebration, have you committed your life to Jesus? Do you want to understand your purpose and your destiny? Do you want to get the hell out of your life and just start having some fun and smile again, have some peace and joy, and take a lot of that past baggage that you've been carrying with you and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness? Today is the day to do that. In fact, if you will repeat after me, I'll help you begin that relationship with Jesus Christ. Simply say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Lead me to my destiny. I commit my life to you. I commit my works to you. And I will follow the thread. I will follow you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Friends, you can get in touch with me at ron at the promoter.org. That's an email. Or I know all of you know somebody that is going to church or someone that is a believer. Begin to ask questions and seek that relationship with God. It's a personal thing between you and him. It's not important what your family thinks, or what your friends think. God doesn't care about what other people in your life think about him. It's a one-on-one between you and him. You know, friends, I believe in you so much that I buy radio time and I do these podcasts to just help people get the hell out of their life. Give them another opportunity to have some peace and joy, to let the hell in our life, those hurts and disappointments, The healing can begin when we begin that relationship with God. Remember this, that I love you, God loves you, and keep the hell out of your life by following the threat. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? 
And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.